Welcome to Layers of Film, the show where mediocre people discuss masterful films the first Monday of each month. I'm your host, Austin Killian, joined by my co-host, Big T. Big T, don't you just love capitalism? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what? In fact, I'm quite anti-capitalist. Oh, my goodness. If our viewers haven't guessed at this point. Well, good for us. We have an entire episode that's going to be dedicated to your ranting of capitalism. Get ready. I'm excited. Anything else exciting that has happened to you over the past month? We started our little garden, and we have little seedlings that are adorable, and I would die for them. And... uh, (laughs) I'm doing my best to not kill them because I do not have a green thumb naturally, Mm. but I really want one. So it's time for outdoor projects and I'm very excited. Nice. Neither of my thumbs are green either. So we have that in common along with most people. Yeah. I don't know. I know a lot of people who can keep plants alive, but I'm not really one of them. I have to work really hard at it. But I, I don't even know how to keep succulents alive, to be honest. So... They always end up dying anyway. It's terrible. I feel that pain. I'm pretty sure you're only supposed to water them once a year or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) But that's me. I did watch The Godfather with my wife and some friends. Really? And my wife did not like it. Oh, she didn't watch? I thought she watched it with you last time. No, she she didn't watch it the last time. No, she was But I remember you saying that you turned to her and said, I'm going to love this film. Yeah, it was. she just saw the beginning of it and then she had to leave for something, so... She didn't oh, okay. watch the whole thing. Yeah, she was out. But she didn't like it. No, she wasn't a fan. Too many men in the... like. Is... Um. Yeah, I mean, and I think that there's like valid criticism to that, but sure. it was fun yeah. to watch another movie that... Did your friends like we it? We had watched. Um, one of them liked it, and one of them wasn't a big fan either, so... Hmm. Interesting. I get it. It's a, lot, it's a big time commitment, you know, but sure. it was fun to drop in the little tidbits that I learned from you, so... <laughs> what tip? I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> Um, I think you said there's like a part where Marlon Brando is like, oh, looking um, up and like looking up and reading his lines or this part where the sister like cuts her foot because, oh, yeah, right on the glass and stuff like that. So, yeah, just little facts that people learn. Yeah. yeah. How about you? How's life been? Life is good. I mean, we talked about it more in depth before, but I got a new gig. I'm excited about that. A lot more responsibility than I'm used to, but it should be fun. Cause it's like the, it's a startup and you know, I'm going to be definitely more invested in making sure that it's quite successful <laughs> because that'll benefit me. So it's like a startup startup. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. just, it's a little seedling. It's a little seedling and it's so cute and I, I would die for it. <laughs> Oof. That's capitalism die. right there. <laughs> Don't die for your job. I'll die for it. And I'll, it's a scam. I'll ruin everyone else. I'll ruin everyone else in the process. Do we get to know what the startup is? Like what what field it's in or anything exciting? Well, it's in the tech industry. It has to do with retail stuff. I don't yeah, that's true. I don't I don't know what I'll I probably shouldn't say much. I have no idea to be honest. <laughs> I was just curious. I didn't because I didn't know if it was like Right. If you're working on like medical apps or retail stuff, no, yeah, ad tracking software, uh, pupil tracking software for TikTok to track my pupil dilation. That's a joke about the congressional hearings. If you haven't been paying attention, I never pay attention. <laughs> my life is is built around not paying attention. Um, just kidding. Jealous. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I distract myself with depression and anxiety instead. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> yeah. I did want to say, though, 
Lance Reddick. Have you heard about this? Maybe not. Have you seen John Wick? Or I'm trying to. I mean, no. that's the biggest thing oh, that I, I really know him from. Like the hotel, like lobby guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just passed away. And I saw that at 60. And they're not even saying like exactly what happened. I'm assuming for health reasons. They said he passed away like from natural causes. I don't buy that. 60 years old is quite early. But bummer though. Yeah, you know? he's from Maryland too. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I think he's from Baltimore. That's that's cool, I guess. Really, what I wanted to mention is it, this one is not our fault, I don't think. I'm pretty sure we haven't covered anything that Lance Reddick <laughs> is in, so he didn't die from us. <laughs> that's so, good. Yeah. The curse is broken. The curse is broken. We did it. Someone has died without the, our help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> without our help? <laughs> anyway, big bummer. I know, he's in some games and stuff, actually. There's a couple of games that I want to play that he's in, and he's a pretty big character, so it'll be interesting. Mm. Something that did warm my heart, though, he's in Destiny 2, which I played a little bit of. He's in what? Destiny 2. It's it's like a live-service, first-person shooter game uh, by Bungie, who made Halo and all that stuff. But anyway, he plays one of the kind of characters that you can get stuff from i'm I'm not even really sure i can't remember exactly but after he passed a bunch of players went over and like did a kneeling like emote or whatever and knelt in front of him so that was really heartwarming video games yeah yeah super cute speaking of video games i finished the last of us the tv show oh yes that's i forgot to make a note of that and what do you think? I it was good. I you know the yeah. ending was a little unsatisfying, but I understand the way it ended. I can respect it. Right, because it it brings up questions. It brings up it yes. brings up controversy, you know. Yes. It's interesting. So I can respect it. Yeah. Also, um I'm trying to figure out how to say this without spoilers, <laughs> but yeah. that rebellion fucking sucked. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was... Like, no wonder Fedra was kicking their asses. <laughs> yeah, it was really in- interesting, for sure. I, I I, mean, that's basically the way that it goes in the game, too. You know, because you're, you're also talking about, like, the ending that goes into the rebellion, right? I'm talking about the last episode. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no wonder... No wonder you're losing all of your fights. Yeah. <laughs> you clearly suck at your job. Yeah, that that last section is intense in the video game. What's interesting, at first I thought you were talking about that one that overtook Fedra in that one town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's a spoiler. Sorry. Well, it doesn't really matter. Not though. really. I mean, you learn right away when you meet them. Yeah, that's true. It's not really that big of a deal. That, I, that episode was probably my favorite, to be honest. I... Because that beginning was nuts, you know, like when they're when it's showing them overtake everything, it is brutal. So the beginning of the second episode, no, the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah, correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a brutal intro, like first scene. I thought, yeah, yeah, for sure. That actress, I forget her name, but she's in a TV show called The Yellow Jackets. Have you watched it? Oh, that's new, isn't it? Or newish? Yeah, it's. I think it's a season in or so. Yeah. I've heard it's phenomenal. I've watched the really? first episode and I loved it. I just don't have the streaming service for it. Oh. But um, I heard that she plays a really like, not like a, a similar character, but kind of the same mm. like mood 
and same okay. vibes of the character, you know. But I really like that actress. But yeah, in that scene when in that city when the truck runs into the house and then that stuff yeah. happens right before yeah. the other stuff happens. Oh. I was talking I was talking to a coworker about it today. We were talking about that episode. And you you see that scene and you're like, this yeah. is not gonna end well. And then Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it was awesome. That that episode was that's the action packed episode yeah. that you were looking for, you know? So Yeah, it's pretty um, wild. Yeah, super wild. What I love though, it's not quite the same because it's not as video gamey, but um, there's like an enemy called bloaters and it's like the big tank one, you know, in the game, yeah. I think they like, they hurl like, you know, stuff at you that like, like spores that blow up in your face and it's all crazy and stuff like that. But obviously they, that's a little too video gamey for a show, but um, they used one of the death animations. If, if you get too I think if I remember right, if you get too close to that enemy, because it's the biggest one, then you just automatically die, I think, and it just grabs you by your the top jaw or whatever, and then the bottom jaw and just rips it apart. <laughs> and and if you look if you look in the in that one particular scene, someone in the background that happens to them and it's like, whoa, dude. <laughs> it's so brutal. That'd be horrible. Yeah. Love it though, but it always cuts out right before you die. So it's like your imagination takes it the rest of the mm. way. It's yeah, those were chunky boys. Chunky. My wife said, "If you were a zombie, that's the one that you would turn into." I said, "Rude." <laughs> I think they're the longest ones. Like they're the ones that have been zombies for the infected yeah. for the longest. That's what I told her. I was yeah. like, "It's not based on." Your body yeah. size when you get infected, it's based on how long you've been infected for. But that also makes but. sense, though, because you said you would kill yourself immediately. So you would be one of the longest infected. <laughs> yeah, but they you can't get infected when you're dead. Ooh, I don't... Yeah, that's true. I guess not. I yeah, know. I would just be one of the dead corpses that the fungus feeds on. Well, if you did get infected right before you died, then you would definitely true. be one of those. Yeah. yeah, that'd be horrible. But yeah, it was a good show overall. Are they in making a season two? Yeah, because there's still the there's still the second game, yeah, and uh, they're gonna split that up into two seasons though, because the game's like twice as long um, as the first one, and it doesn't follow Joel, right? It just it just follows like Ellie and a friend. I don't, I don't, I haven't played the second game, so I don't mm. really know anything that's gonna happen at all. Gotcha. Because I was after we finished the season, I went through and read sort of the plot to the game, and I was surprised at how well it stay true to the game content yeah and then i was reading about the second the last of us and i thought i read that it doesn't follow joel it just follows ellie and somebody else so um but i don't care enough to read more yeah no that's fine the yeah the show was it was good what i'll say is the ending was really rushed Mm -hmm. for me that tracks yeah like they they could have I mean it's the last episode make it an hour and a half dude like just get it going for me that's what I wanted to see because it didn't yeah it was just it all happened in a blur in my mind I'm like you could have done so and you could have taken it in a different direction too because it pretty much ends the exact same way as the video game does just rushed yeah I think it's powerful though I think that the show is definitely powerful they accomplished what they set out to do with exploring what you would what you would do for love is pretty much you know pretty much the theme so it's very very interesting that way yeah for sure it's really good i think episode three is a complete different like with bill and all that stuff none of that goes down that way in the video game which is very interesting oh interesting totally different um you never even meet you know the other person right without frank spoiling. right 
Yeah, Frank. You never meet oh, Frank. Sorry. No, you're good. But it's 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 so interesting that they went into, like for me for playing the video games. Like actually, that's pretty cool because I got to see something different, which is nice. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You get like a side story. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's neat. And then there's some other stuff that definitely like all the like that overtaking Fedra that doesn't happen in the video games. So that was cool. Anyway, cool stuff. Yeah, neat stuff. I'm glad that you ended up liking it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Actually, I did want to ask you this though. How did you feel about Joel and Ellie's relationship? Do you feel like that was rushed in any way? No, I don't feel like they start being friends until like the seventh episode. Yeah, but does it seem like it just kind of turns on it turns on a dime in a oh, way? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it's like after something big happens, right? He saves her, or she saves him, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something big happens. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what happens, but okay. Um, it does feel like it changes very quickly, but it sort of seems justified in how it's been changed. You know? Okay, that was that's interesting because I wasn't sure exactly if it was just me. Because I had played the game and had way more time with the two characters, you know? Because you really, mm-hmm. you're with them the whole time. You're not exploring any side characters. The whole interaction with Bill and all that stuff, you're playing as Joel the whole time. So you still get more interactions with Joel and Ellie and all that stuff. And so there's never any any moment that you're not with either one of them throughout the game. And so for me, watching the show, it was like, oh, I feel like we haven't earned... We haven't earned the closeness that they have. We haven't really earned any true feelings for Joel and Ellie quite yet because we only have had actually just a few interactions with them overall because there's so many side stories that are fully explored without either one of them really appearing in the episode for that long or at all. And so I was wondering if there was, you know, someone like you who hadn't played the video game, if that felt like it was disjointed in any way. Or if you felt like you had really earned maybe the feelings of of wanting Joel and Ellie to succeed. Yeah, I think that it's I think they did a good job with developing okay. the relationship. Yeah. It does change very quickly, but like I said, it feels very justified. Mm-hmm. And then it's really cute because Joel's like kind of playful with her and stuff, you know, and you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is this is sweet. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then it gets not so sweet very quickly as well. Yeah. Which is <laughs> good stuff yeah. well, cool awesome yeah i'm excited for season two who knows that's probably not going to come out for the next couple of years because i think yeah. there's a big age jump well who knows we might we might be living the real the last of us because of that fun oh, yeah. spreading so. i don't we'll see what happens i'm rooting for it <laughs> big t i'm rooting <laughs> that's horrible but i will say that makeup artist people need to win all the awards for the zombies because they were disgustingly phenomenal that that was one thing episode five is really the last time that you get a big look at all of the infected and different types and stuff like that and so that was a little Mm -hmm. the last few episodes were kind of a bummer because it's like whoa just like one interaction per episode basically like eh, you could have done more but we'll see man because the clickers they're the scariest ones they're the ones that you have to be dead silent for and so yeah. they're the ones with the mushroom faces. It's really cool. So I would like to see more of those if if possible. Also, actually, ah, never mind. We're done. We're done talking about it. I don't want to edit more than I have to. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of housekeeping. If you'd like to rate and review the show, it helps with discovery. It looks like we've had a little bit of a jump. I haven't looked to see if we've gotten any reviews. I should. But we've gotten a little bit of a jump as far as listeners 
go, which is super nice. So continue to get the word out. I think that we produce a really good show. And if you think so too, why not let people know? And rating and review it help reviewing it helps with that. Uh, you can write into the show, layers of film pod at gmail.com to be part of the dis- discussion. Uh, if you haven't seen the film, we're about to get into it pretty soon. So be aware that we're going to be diving right into spoilers, usually. I mean, a lot of times we go right in and start talking about the ending. So <laughs> that happens. So get ready for that. But before we really dive in to the show, Big T, do you have another Hollywood you rather? I do. Of course I do. Yes. You you put all that work into the theme song. Of course I do. Yay. I'm so excited that I remembered to bring it up at the beginning because that actually, that increased my editing by quite a bit last time because we accidentally did it at the end and I wanted to put it. What are you talking about? No, we didn't. Oh yeah, you're right. We seamlessly transitioned. You can't prove that. (laughs) That's right. All right. Get us into it. Okay. I guess we'll just jump right. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Get ready, baby, because we're about to play Hollywood You Rather. Hollywood You Rather. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So, to explain the rules, pretty much it's the two situations. And this one we're expanding to TV shows as well. So, it could be a movie or a TV show. So, got to up your game. If it's Yellow Jackets, I'll have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen all of Yellow Jackets, so don't worry. All right. Okay. Austin. Yes. Hollywood You Rather have your apartment flood with sewer water Mm -hmm. or have your house overrun with jungle wildlife, including monkeys and giant mosquitoes. (laughs) Jumanji. Uh, Let's see here. Right? That's the original Jumanji. Yeah. Yeah. Not like, yeah, yeah. Not the rock and. All that jazz. Yeah. Which I actually enjoyed. Um, yeah, let's do the jungle. That'll be fun. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a mess. Yeah, I think I would agree with the jungle. Yeah. It would be horrible to deal with, but yeah, I feel like you would have to burn everything in your house if you had raw <laughs> sewage touch everything. <laughs> I agree, man. I totally agree. So that's, yeah, that's just, I think that makes sense. Jungle plus... You know, at some point, like once you handle all the animals and stuff, you can go buy a machete and start hacking at jungle there you plants go. and stuff. Yeah. Have a little tree house. Unless you care about plants. <laughs> I have such a bad green thumb, all of the plants would just die anyway. <laughs> Easy cleanup. Yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we both agree on that. Okay. Yeah. Holly, would you rather attend a birthday party where a bloody-faced crazy man attacks all of the guests or attend a hurricane party where the guests mysteriously die one by one. Hurricane party? What is that from? Like, what movie? It's a yeah. newer movie. You probably haven't seen it. It uh, came out in the last year or two. Probably not. I don't, what is it? Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh. Yeah, I saw the trailer. I'm like, nah. It was actually pretty good. Is it? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's below Ready or Not, but it's entertaining to watch, you know? There are some really funny scenes in it, too. I would say it's worth it if you have, like, a Redbox night or whatever, but... Oh, sure. Yeah. Redbox? Who uses Redbox anymore? (laughs) Like a free code to Redbox? You don't, I don't know, you don't get those? no. I don't, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, it's worth it, you know? It's a silly little movie, but it's fun. Let's do the let's do the birthday party with the with the bloody yeah yeah screw it 
Don't you think you'd be traumatized from that, though? I'd be traumatized, but one person and you know who it is. That's true. Versus not having any idea what's happening and then you just die. Maybe you could be one of the few people that dies. So, so that's true. We'll go with the red face man. <laughs> or the bloody cool, face guy. Good. Rather, yes, that probably sounds more, more appropriate <laughs> and not racist at all. Yes. All right. Okay. Last one. Holly, would you rather have to live in a basement to avoid your debt collectors or compete in deadly games to earn money to pay off your debts? Why am I blanking? I know what it is. It came out recently, like in the past two years, and everyone got up Squid Games, right? Squid Game, yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love also that a show. Korean TV show. I know that's so good, so good. That's one of those shows where it's like everyone's talking about it, but is it really that good? And then you watch it, and you're like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Although, actually, I kind of wanted to mention that as we're talking about the film a little bit later on, but. Oh, man. I feel like I'll do the basement just because at some point, at least with, you know, the housekeeper wife, there's a guarantee that I'll be getting some food and every once in a while I can go up and live my normal life. But there's still also the possibility. It's like, you know what? Screw it. Let's let's leave and go make a new life somewhere else. Whereas like the other one, I could potentially die. So we're not going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I'd rather live in a basement. I am not confident in my ability to compete in games but i am confident in my ability to sit in a dark basement for an (laughs) undisclosed amount of time that's true as a homebody for me that would be much exactly i think he had wi-fi too so it's like oh did he you're you're set you know no i don't i don't think so but definitely had books he had books yeah that's true i think it would be very it would be it would suck to not be able to see all the games because that's probably the most fun part of Squid Games is seeing the set pieces, you know, of like, oh, what are they going to do next? Yeah, and then you die. <laughs> yeah. Nice. There so we go. are we pretty... I, What was the second one? Did you choose the same as me? Yeah, I would also want to attend the birthday party mainly yeah, yeah. because it involves getting free food and cake, and I would... <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, I would risk death to have a nice meal. And some Korean opera or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Well, look at us. Look at us. In full agreement. Two peas in a pod on a pod. Oh, that was oh. cute. I liked it. <laughs> That'll be the name of our next oh, podcast. No. Two peas in a pod on a pod. <laughs> on a pod. Two peas. Yeah. What would we even just talk about? What? Reminiscing on old times? I don't even know. We'll talk about gardening. <laughs> I got nothing to say. <laughs> They're all dead. Everything's dead. Um, they can't talk anymore. That's for sure. Thanks for the game. Holly, would you rather... Great addition to the series, or to the series, whatever, <laughs> whatever this is, the podcast. I enjoyed it. 25 minutes in, let's talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and um, an hour into our, oh, since we started recording. Yeah, very true. Hopefully my kids don't lose their patience. Hopefully we, I don't lose my patience. We, that's true. If, once we hit the three-hour mark, you're out. Uh, we're not going to hit the three-hour mark. We are covering, of course, Parasite. If you were, if you watch every, or listen to every single episode, you would have known that from last time. We're covering Parasite, released May 30th, 2019. The synopsis is greed and class discrimination threaten the newly formed symbiotic relationship between the wealthy Park family and the destitute Kim clan. Directed and written by Bong Joon-ho. I guess partially written along, or maybe a partner or something, Han Jin-won. <laughs> Dude. 
A lot of names. A lot of names. <laughs> They're all Korean. Composed by Jung Jai Lee or Il. Sorry, uh, Jung. Shoot, <laughs> Jung Jai Il. Uh, the big actors are Song Kang Ho, Lee Sung Kyun, Cho Yo Jung, Choi Woo Sik, <laughs> Park So Dom, and Jung. Jin. Uh, that was something. The budget was $15.5 million. The box office earnings was $263.1 million. Damn. Way to go. Bong Joon Ho. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> you can stream it on Hulu if you've got it or rent or buy. I always ask you what you choose, Austin. what you think, but I know, <laughs> I know you're just gonna pass it right back to me. What did you think? This was your first time seeing it, right? Very first time. Of course, heard a lot about it. I think it won yeah. a few awards and stuff. It won the best, yeah, the best film or whatever. The Oscars, oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, nice. I didn't see exactly what it won, but I knew that it won some stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it won best film of 2019. Well deserved. Well deserved. I'm not as passionate about this subject matter that than you are but like way way good i i don't really have too much to say about the music i think that the music definitely accomplished the feelings and emotions that it was setting out to create um for the specific moments in the film nothing super standout like interstellar or you know a lot of christopher nolan films and stuff like that where usually the composition is a huge aspect of it and making sure that there's that is cohesive throughout the film with specific themes but very well placed very well done great acting great performances great shots everything just seems perfectly placed throughout the entire film and definitely the commentary on you know just kind of like the class structure and capitalism and all that stuff. That's what uh, Bon Joon-ho set out to do, and he did it masterfully, I would say. So, I mean, overall, high-level thoughts, very well done. And I like the film, and I definitely had no problem watching it a second time. Super good. Oh, you watched it twice? Yeah. Even though you had to read the whole time. I'm so proud of you. I know. I can read as long as there's visuals <laughs> along with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I love this movie. I chose this movie. I think it definitely deserves the award that it got or the awards that it got. Yeah, I just, I love the source material. I love the sort of the themes and the sort of the symbolism of a lot of the different components of it. So I'm really excited to get into it and talk about it with you because... Every time I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, God, this movie's so good. <laughs> it's it's very well, very well done. I'm happy to own it for sure. I Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching it again, I'm sure, you know, sometime in the next year or so. I don't know. But I is, is there any, because talking about symbolism, is there anything in particular that really jumped out to you as far as maybe some visual representation of things? You know, something that I noticed this time around that I didn't really notice the first time was the rock that they're given the stone that they're given by the friend you didn't notice that last time <laughs> well i noticed it but i didn't notice the symbolism that i think it held Ooh. yeah so what did you pull from it this time yeah so i think you're introduced to the stone the the person giving it to the family says this is 
essentially like a stone that will bring you good fortune and like lots of money right and Mm -hmm. the family is like takes that very seriously they like care for the stone i think there's a scene where the mom is like carrying it around with her like a baby like they're very much making sure that the stone is in pristine condition and then obviously they get this windfall of jobs and all this different stuff and they start making a lot more money and then you have the pivotal scene where the rainstorm happens and then that's kind of where everything starts to fall apart kind of for them and the stone floats to the surface of the water and you realize oh this isn't a real stone this was all like a farce and so um, i like the symbolism of like just like the stone was sort of not real, so was the financial stability that this family had. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't notice the first time watching that the stone floated, and yeah. So it was interesting because I looked up some trivia and stuff, and then it, it mentioned that in there. I'm like, no way. And yeah, I mean, sure enough. So that's that was really interesting. I love, especially with the stone, right when it's presented to them, the mom. Is like food, like I would have rather had food, you know, which is like real. It's sustenance. It's actually something. Yeah, for sure. You can't eat a rock. You can't eat a rock. You can't really do. I mean, you could look at it, but as far as I could tell, it's not like this spectacular looking rock. It's just a rock, you know, Yeah, kind of resembles a mountain, I suppose. But maybe that was as far as I could tell, that wasn't intentional exactly what the rock looked like. But yeah, when I was watching the film, just kind of looking at the rock thinking, kind of going along with the mom she's like this really doesn't mean anything you know what i mean people could get stuff and they can look at it and maybe they could pull some meaning from it and it helps them throughout their life and or their day and you know it's metaphorical this is also metaphorical and it could kind of provide something that way like good vibes or good fortune but it's not in my it's not real right it's just kind of what you're pulling from it and what you're making of it mm-hmm. and What's interesting about The Rock is that when you reach the end of the film, the only time it actually brings out any purpose in its, you know, quote unquote life cycle is it's being used to try to kill some kid, you know, (laughs) that's the only time that or actually originally it was it was intended to go kill the people that were in the basement. And then it turns right around on them and then it doesn't kill the kid, but you know, definitely injures him. Although it's hollow, so it's it definitely wasn't as devastating as it could have been. But the time that it actually has real purpose and it's being used for something is to try to tear down basically someone else. Yeah, as a weapon. As a as, Yeah, it's going to be used as a weapon, which is really interesting to me. And that was something that I saw throughout the whole film because it's, a fu- it's funny because it's, it's like a con movie. With a family of cons, which I love, by the way. So fun. Mm -hmm. And everything's pretty innocent for a little bit. You know? For sure. Decently innocent, right? You're still lying. Um, It's still, you know, not ethical to do. But Yeah, but no one's being harmed. But no one's being harmed. It's just a, you know, tutor. They don't even care about the grades, apparently, so it doesn't really matter. And then this, you know, art therapy teacher. That's it. And then and then things don't really start like I start losing respect for the family, you know, the Kim or Key or whatever family until they, you know, they ruin other poor people's lives. You know what I mean? Like they they make these other people that are kind of in the same 
same-ish situation, or it can easily be returned to the same situation if that's where they came from by getting rid of you know their livelihood and taking it from them. And it's like a dog-eat-dog world, which I'm sure you have a lot to say about because of our societal structure or whatever. <laughs> you say that word a lot. You know me, you know me too well. <laughs> and uh, they wouldn't be forced to be in this dog-eat-dog world if there weren't you know these other people that basically make it make it that way to where they have to eat each other in a way to climb yeah, the ladder. Yeah, some game. To climb the stairs, if you will, which is another, you know, visual that representation that I thought was really cool in the film. But yeah, and that's what you get. It's all kind of realistic. It's all innocent. And then it turns real, you know, very quickly and literally killing other people that are in your situation off to... Well, actually, I think it's more about revenge for that guy, <laughs> the bloody face guy. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like literally killing people off. I guess actually with the with the kid, the boy, he was going to kill them or whatever to make sure that they could sustain their way of life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. That's a, long, a lot of stuff that I just like dumped on you. But I just thought that that was really – that's what I pulled away from The Rock a lot. I mean that's why I think – I love this movie so much is like not only is the story itself entertaining, but you can pull so much content from all the different pieces. Like I think that the the rock is also very symbolic of for people in poverty, they often will turn to sort of not mystical things, but things that aren't. Mm. quote unquote logical right like they'll spend money on lottery tickets or they'll buy cigarettes or they'll buy you know stuff that people who are like more well off would be like oh there's no point in you doing that that's silly to waste your money on lottery tickets but like there for people that are in poverty like they often buy lottery tickets because they're like, I'm going to be stuck in this shitty situation of poverty, regardless of if I spend this $10 on lottery tickets or not. So I might as well spend the $10 on this super, super rare chance that I get out of poverty, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I really liked how the, the stone does sort of symbolize this devotion or this sort of like adherence to quote unquote, like mystical things or irrational things that we look towards when we're in really hard times, because there's like nothing else that we can see that will get us out. And we're sort of like looking for that long shot miracle. Right. Here, hold on a second. Let me get my kids situated again. Yeah, no worries. Austin, I'm looking at your room and snooping in everything, trying to deduce all that I can trying to read your whiteboard find out what company you're working for and sabotage them internally secretly judging the clothes in your closet I should buy us another 15 minutes (laughs) (laughs) some ice cream Um, (laughs) I love it yeah it's actually really interesting because although I didn't really grow up uh, poor or anything you know we we Poor in a sense of like, if like we're not in danger of getting flooded with sewage running through our house and trying to leave the window open to kill any insects that are in the house. <laughs> not quite that poor. But yeah, we didn't have, we didn't have like a lot. Like we, we had comfortable lives, but we didn't have like- And all of disposable income. Yeah, but I, you know, I'm not hap- unhappy with my- my upbringing at all that's for sure but 
I do remember that being a thing watching game shows, right? That's kind of kind of going along with what you're talking about. Watching game shows is like, oh my gosh, if we could go on that game show and we could win $20,000, that's a game changer for us, you know? Like I remember having that mentality a lot, just like and and now I'm in a more fortunate position for sure. And so that's not I watch I watch the game shows and I think they're fun, but I don't have that mentality of like, oh man, I need to get on there now. And so in a way, just kind of like tying it into what you're talking about. Yeah, that that definitely is a mentality. I mean, it would be fun to be on a game show, but yeah, there definitely is a mentality when you don't have as you don't have as much, and yeah, and and so you're hoping for this kind of this hail mary to get you out of a sticky situation, exactly. or to get you into a new situation. Yeah, it's like if you've worked, you know, the forty-hour work week or whatever for however many years, and you're in the same situation that you were 10, 20 years ago. At what point do you sort of give up on being able to? live a sustainable life and just start to look for those long shots, you know? And I think that the stone very much represents that. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. I, yeah. Going back to the stairs a little bit, I thought that that was really cool because I did notice that on the first watch through that every time, like, it seems like this family that we follow, they're all the way at the bottom of the stairs, all the way at the bottom. Anytime that you see them traveling somewhere, they're always going up the stairs. And especially when they get to the park's house, that's like the the very top of the stairs that you can reach, like in the film. That's usually the far, like you still have to go upstairs in order to get into their house. And it's just this cool representation that every time they leave, they got to go down all these stairs. And you see it at the end when the flooding's happening. I guess they don't quite know that there's a flood quite yet, but it's, you know, you know downpour of rain and they're racing down the stairs trying to get away from the situation that they're in where they're you know trying to escape the house without being detected and you see all the stairs that they have to climb down and how far that they have to travel in order to get home how much lower they are compared to the parks it was just a really cool visual representation of the the separation yeah that's a good point i never thought of that yeah the separation of the classes that they're in mm-hmm. i don't yeah so that really that's not something that stood out to you at all um no not this idea of like stairs and moving up and moving down oh mm-hmm. nice i'm gonna write a note um for once austin was smarter than big t <laughs> <laughs> no you're you've had great insights but no i think one thing that kind of goes into the stairs is the symbolism of the rainstorm which I mean, you see all this water like running down the stairs, right? All of this, this storm is negatively inf- affecting the people in the lower level, yeah. but it's not really negatively affecting the the parks, the richer people. One thing that I really picked up on this time was like the parks are going camping and then their camping trip is ruined by the storm, right? right? And they're like really bummed out about it being ruined. But then they come home to a nice, warm, clean house. Well, sort of clean house. Yeah. They eat the food that's in the fridge. They go to bed and then they have a birthday party the very next day, right? Like the storm did not really hinder their life in any way. Right. Like the worst thing it did was like ruin some of their recreational activities for like this rich family. But the storm absolutely devastated the lives of the lower class people, right? Like it completely floods the family's house. And then we get that shot in the gym where there's all of these like weather refugees that are having to sleep on mats in a gym and they're like yelling at the public servants or whatever. Um, And we see how the storm was so bad for the 
poorer areas, the poorer neighborhoods. And I just think that's very symbolic of like the economy or sort of life crises in general, whereas rich people have the funds, they're in the locations, they're in the life positions where the storms of life don't impact them as negatively and they can turn around and have fun parties and have a nice little camp out in their backyard or whatever and turn it into like this fun event but those same exact storms that hold the same amount of magnitude of damage just absolutely destroy people that don't have the same resources and i really like that symbolism of the of the rainstorm that's true and what's interesting about that is for them to really actually gain any kind of effect from that storm is they have to be put in a situation where they're maybe even considered closest to the conditions that the parks, or sorry, not the parks, the Kims that they live in on a day-to-day basis. They're going camping. They don't have as much. That's true. You know, yeah. They don't, they don't like, assumably like where, where they go, they probably don't have Wi-Fi. They don't have much with them except for the essentials, which I'm sure the Kims, they con- like, you know, pretty much all they have are the essentials. I would assume and it looks like they have like a couple of things, but not not a lot right and so yeah in order to be affected the same way that they are they have to put themselves in a similar situation having just Mm -hmm. essentials and you know not the comfort of life but the only difference is like you said they do have something they have that safety net they have a safety net that they can get back Mm -hmm. to it makes you wonder a little bit i didn't think about this until just now but the the youngest park boy it's funny because he actually has a like a deep interest in, you know, Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts and all that stuff, but specifically like American or Native Americans, right? And just kind of that interest in them. And it makes you wonder, like, when he grows up, is is he, would he be someone that comes from a pretty fortunate background that would actually have a deeper appreciation and maybe a, a closer and non-ignorant view of people that are in a lower class than him? Because he's like interested in indigenous people, you saying? I don't. Well, not not necessarily because of it. Maybe there's something deeper than that for him. But even when it is raining, he's the only one that chooses to grab his little teepee and go out and camp, and or maybe a tent. I feel like it looked like a teepee. I don't know. But he pulls out his tent, and he's the only one that's willing to go sleep out in the rain. You know, whereas everyone else is still on the inside and mm-hmm. you know feeding off the comforts that they already have. I, that was just something that yeah. was interesting to me. No, yeah, I think that that's all very intentional, though. Like sure. that decision because the Park family is obsessed with Americana type stuff, right? Mm. You have the little boy who is obsessed with Indians, is what they call them. You know, sure, uh, they're obsessed with English. They talk about Cub Scouts all the time. Yeah. I think Jessica says that sh- she's like studied in Illinois or whatever. And like, yeah, right. There's so much. And then even the two main characters, the son and the daughter, go by Kevin and Jessica, right? They have Americanized names for this family. Like, this Park family is obsessed with American culture and American things. And to me, that is very much this sign of like, overconsumption and consumerism like they are obsessed with americana because of its status as the ability to consume and so to me it's not really that the son will like 
respect indigenous people or like be more understanding of people in lower situations it's like they see that interest in america as a status symbol Mm. of their ability to consume like their fridge is always full right right yeah like they can consume whatever they want and i just that's kind of how i see it is this obsession with america because like america for many people is like the quote-unquote dream like i remember when i was living in brazil everyone was like oh i want to move to america like america's like the best place or whatever i mean things have changed a lot since i was in brazil but i just know that i've talked to a lot of people outside of the u.s that like think america is this like wonderland and when you get into like a higher class it's often associated with like the ability to have money and spend money like i remember a lot of people in brazil who were better off like that were well off that I knew they would be like, Oh yeah, we just bought like Doritos or we just bought lucky charms from the American store. That's like super expensive, you know? Right. So I just think that like, there's this tie between overconsumption and American culture that very much is inherent in the park family's attitudes. That's yeah. That's very interesting. It's, it's funny though, because like it doesn't really have anything to do with the film, but when you were talking, it just made me think a little bit of like, even though things have like changed in America and there's probably a lot of people that would say that it's definitely taking a turn for the worse or whatever. And they want to get out of America and all that stuff. There's still, there's still plenty of places where their dream is to come to America and, and escape. Yeah, for sure. Whatever situation that they're in. And, and it is interesting to see how the Park family is so obsessed with, American culture and stuff, even though they are in a really high, you know, position in their country. And yet they still have this big, you know, I I would assume that if you're in a really high position, you have a house like they do and the comforts that they are able to Mm -hmm. enjoy that they wouldn't care as much (laughs) about American culture. Because I feel like the people that really care about it the most in my head, maybe that's totally not correct but in my head would be the people that would want to try to escape to america from whatever situation they're in Mm -hmm. i don't know that's not really something that i've really put any thought into (laughs) yeah i mean i know like living abroad or traveling abroad people in many countries tie a knowledge or familiarity uh with american culture with status you know Mm. And I'm not saying that that's like necessarily correct because sure. there's like a lot of stuff in the U.S. that's very problematic and not better than other countries. But that's very much a thing that exists in many cultures. Like that's a, a symbol of elitism. Yeah. I think one thing that I really like that we get hints of yeah. at the beginning of this film is, and this kind of goes back to our previous comments about like, not having faith in, you know, working hard or putting effort into the, you know, 40 hour work week or whatever, when they're first sort of starting to fake their way into these jobs, when the son is doing it, they're like printing this resume off and they're like faking all these documents and stuff like that. And then they put all of this work into counterfeiting these documents that show all the things he's done. And then he gets there and the Mrs. Park is like, oh, I don't really care about these documents. It's what's important is like, you know, the right people, you know? And I yeah. thought that that was very symbolic of current, like career cultures of like, I mean, we you, we know this. this is why LinkedIn exists because networking is really important and you have to know the right people in order to get through the doors you want to get through. And, yeah. you know, we always say like, oh, America's a meritocracy or like, you know, you have to just work hard enough and you can achieve your dreams. But 
for most things, you have to know the right people to get through the right doors. And I just really love that this poor family is putting so much trust in these institutional documents that show success and that show hard work. And those things are completely disregarded by the family. They, they couldn't right. care less about what school you went to, what your grades were, what your background is. Like all they care about is that, you know, somebody who recommended you. And then you right. see the Kim family learn this and then they don't really falsify any documents at that point forward. And it's just them recommending each other for the job, you know? And so it's very much, I think shows how insular, wealthier communities are where everything is word of mouth you know you're not going on to a job board and just finding the most qualified person it's like you know somebody who knows somebody who can do what you want to get done you know yeah that's true that's that's a very good point i mean there's definitely some places that they have all these yeah these requirements and they say that they care about it but what really matters is that you get into the interview process and you're able to talk to them and they just like you that's pretty much what it could like even if you don't know someone you could at least like just have a good first impression and maybe the things like i didn't go to college i didn't go to university or whatever for software engineering or computer science or anything like that i went to a boot camp right which isn't you know it's definitely not as intense I mean, it's like a three-month intensive program, but you're not getting nearly as deep as you would with an actual like college degree. But in my field, and probably a lot of other fields, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you have the chops to be able to answer the questions correctly in an interview or to do some problems that they maybe show to you and you can actually solve them in front of them or at least have a good thinking process behind how you think that you should solve it that's really all that matters and then at that point Mm -hmm. it's just a culture fit which like what you're saying i guess uh, with the park family it's it's more about the recommendation of other people but also they're talking to them a little bit to see the culture fit as well yeah oh yeah we're impressed by the way that you speak we're you know you just have to put on the right fake attitude right the right aura (laughs) yeah you know right and that's i think again kind of like why the kim family ends up investing so much into this magical rock because what's the point of going to school what's the point of wasting all this time and money on an education when nobody cares you can't even get the good job you just have to know the right people you know Yeah, yeah so i think that that's very symbolic of the current culture like why am i going to you know quote unquote, climb the career ladder when that doesn't even exist. You know, the reason I'm going to get the job is because my friend's dad owns the company or my former coworker now works at the, you know what I mean? It's like, or your dad owns the company. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You know? (laughs) So it's just like, I just think that I really liked that sort of subtlety of like, they don't care about your qualifications. They care about who you know. And that eventually is why this tragedy happens with the family, right? Because they didn't go through the correct sources. They just sort of trusted this insular process, which this poor family was able to exploit and make take up for their own advantage. That's funny because I'm watching the Star Wars show Andor. I don't know if you watched any of that at all. It's on Mm -hmm. Disney+. Plus. If you've seen Rogue One, this is kind of which is my favorite Star Wars film. <laughs> but I love Rogue One. It's actually my favorite Star Wars film too. <laughs> I think it's the best one. Like love it or hate my answer like I don't care. It's the definitely the best Star Wars film out there. I 100% opinion. agree. <laughs> but uh Andor it's a little slow moving, but 
it does feel like Rogue One, and I'm really happy about that. It doesn't feel like it's made for kids to sell toys. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> this is nice. Like, we're getting good story, yeah. good acting. It's not cheesy, really, at all. Like, it's awesome. But I'm, I'm only, like, partway through it. Anyway, one of the things that's... There's, like, this kind of trade going on with this piece of equipment that was stolen from, what, the Imperial forces or what the Empire. And... One of the people, one of the guys that's buying that piece of equipment from the trade is just like, how, because it's like a big thing, like that's hard to come by. And it's like, how did you get this? Like, you must have done something crazy in order to pull this off to get this piece of equipment. And the guy's like, I just put on a uniform and I walked right in. They didn't know because they, and what he says, I think kind of more specifically is they they think they're so important and they're so secure that no one could possibly get in but what it really came down to was just the underestimation of the simplicity of of being able to steal this mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like yeah there's there's no possible way some someone lower than us can get in and so that's kind of like the same that's that's immediately what pulled up into my brain while watching this film like they totally under underestimate the kims because the parks do because they're so there's they're in such a high status like who dares maybe they're not really thinking that way but maybe it's more subconscious or not yeah. really thinking that way but they're so trusting because there's no possible way that someone could put you know what i mean like that they could fool them they're not easily fooled they're yeah. so there's so, and i love that actually reminds me i love the videos of there's one in particular that i saw on tiktok where it's like there's like five kids or something like that it's kind of an it's kind of one of those like experiment things and it's like five kids and each one between all five of them, each one has to come with their or come um, at the board or whatever with their ranking of who they think has the higher IQ and basically rank everyone in that direction. And there's someone just like, I'm a biochemist and I'm this blah, blah, blah. So I'm probably the highest out of everyone in the IQ. And then the other, the other person's like, Oh, I make, you know, I work at Subway, blah, blah, blah. I feel like I'm pretty smart, but, you know, I don't know. And then what ends up happening is the Subway guy is all the way at the top with the highest IQ. Mm-hmm. And then and then the biochemist was all the way down at the at the bottom. And I'm such an a-hole that made me so happy to see. It's mainly just because of the pompous attitude that that person mm-hmm. had. Yeah. And seeing that humbling was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Some shouting for you going on. Yeah, yeah, it was just um so just kind of like that same thing going into this just like they think that you know because they're in such a high position mm-hmm. and maybe it was earned, maybe it wasn't though. They're just in that position. That's all we know, right? They can't possibly think that someone could outsmart them or play them in any way. Yeah. Because they're too they're too quote unquote smart for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my personal pet peeves is when someone is like I'm really smart. I have a master's degree or like, oh, I'm really mm-hmm. smart because I went to school for X thing. Like, I think that, I mean, there's lots of different types of intelligences, but like your traditional sort of intelligence is, I think, really divorced from our educational system. Like, mm. I have a master's degree and I have no common sense whatsoever. Like, <laughs> yeah, I right. am very dumb when it comes to street smarts type stuff, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. like... But when people are like, oh, I'm not stupid. I have a master's degree. It's like, 
All that means is you have a master's degree. That that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're smart. Like you you learned stuff, you retained stuff, and you tested well for it. That's yes. all you have. Yeah. Like so yeah, you can be smart and have a master's degree, and you can be dumb and have a master's degree, but having a master's degree doesn't make you inherently smarter than other people who don't have master's degrees. But sure. so many people use that as justification. And I'm like, look, as someone with a master's degree, I know how dumb people can be that have master's degrees. <laughs> like, so yeah. yeah. But it's yeah, it's true. It's like these people have this like air of like, oh, we're untouchable. Like we would never be you know, tricked. It reminds me of, um, you, we were talking about the guy who steals the stuff. There's, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's this guy on TikTok who has this thing called like the ladder theory. And it's, you can get into any building or any space if you just carry a ladder. Yeah. yeah. And so he does it like going into concerts, going into conventions, going into movie theaters. Like he just carries a ladder and is like, oh yeah, I'm just here to do some work or whatever. And everybody yeah. lets him in, you know? So it just kind of reminded me of that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Going with what we're talking about, one of the lines that I really, or one of the moments that I really love in the film is after the parks discover the panties and they let the driver go, or maybe they hadn't let the driver, or they're about to let the driver go. I can't remember, but um, what is the sister's name? I don't know. Junkie. I, I, junkie. <laughs> That's not right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the last name they pronounce or they say first. So Ki Jung, the whatever the, you know, the Photoshop artist sister. Right. She, you know, she's talking about, oh, he was just really nice. He wanted to take me home. You know, that's that's all I really knew. And then the uh, Mrs. Park is just like, oh, you have so much to learn. Like, you know, you're so innocent. You have so yeah. much to learn about people, which I thought was so funny. Yeah. Because who knows more about people than the Kims? Mm-hmm. They definitely know everything. Like, they're so street smart. They know people. They know. Yeah, they know how to work people. They know how to work people. Because they've had to learn because that's how they survive. Exactly. And it's, yeah, it seems like they've tried infiltrating plenty of different places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pizza box scene is perfect. You know, at the very beginning, you learn how this family operates, right? You see them in real time manipulate this pizza delivery woman. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, this just set the tone for the entire movie. You know, right. it's great. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then, yeah, flipping it over on the parks, like, they're the innocent people. They have mm-hmm. no idea what's going on. They think they know what's going on. And you see like wheels turning with the the panties and all that stuff. And the the dad's just like, but why leave panties behind? They mm-hmm. must be doing drugs. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like he's getting to the bottom of it, right? But not really. It's to the conclusion that the Kim family wants them to get to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they can let the driver go and then the dad can come in. And I kind of wanted to get into that a little bit. Because the Parks, they're not really bad people. They they don't really deserve any of this, right? Like, they're rich. They have all this money. If it's earned, it's earned. If it's not, it's not. I don't know. But they're rich. That's what we know. Really, the only, I don't know, crime, I guess you could say, that they commit is just complete ignorance. That's really what it comes down to. Whereas the Kims, I feel like they're, they're bad people. They're bad people. <laughs> they they don't have good ethics. They're willing to kill. Like they're willing But why are they why are they bad people though? I know. I know what you're gonna say. I know that it's they're forced into this because of the situation that they're in and all that stuff. And doggy dog, like I was saying earlier, the societal structure, all that stuff. But 
the but the parks they didn't they didn't overtly do anything to cause any of that they climbed i would assume they climbed the ladder and they kind of say it like oh it's been so long since we've gone on a subway they say at one point Mm -hmm. you know which i think is a line thrown into there to suggest that they definitely climbed they climbed the stairs to get to where they're at right that's what i think and so they 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 know what it's like but they're ignorant they've forgotten what it's like i guess i don't know but i don't well, maybe maybe they are bad people. I don't know because I guess maybe one of the themes that's suggested in the film is that the poor have to beat up the poor in order to climb the 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 stairs. That's that's kind of one of the takeaways that I have of this and how wrong that is. And so I guess if the parks came from maybe the same maybe not as poor but kind of the same beginnings then Maybe they're not, you know, maybe there is more crime, you know, that they've they've committed than what's led on because really all you could see in the film is just ignorance, but it's not a true crime, but maybe they've committed some of the same stuff to get where they're at. I have no idea. But as far as the film is concerned and what we see in it, they're not really villains. Yeah, they're not doing anything overtly bad, right? Right, but... It's more of the society that's maybe doing something. Like I can't contribute I can't attribute just the parks. Like it would have to be the way that the everything's set up that's bad, not the parks. Yeah, they're complicit in a system that's benefiting them. Sure. But the the Kims are really doing bad stuff. <laughs> they're not good people. <laughs> At least some of them are. One's willing to kill a guy to, to make sure yeah. that everything's or will kill two people, really. I mean, I don't disagree with you that the Kims do bad things, but... Forgery. (laughs) I don't... I mean, I think that the reason they're doing those bad things is because they're driven to do those bad things in order to survive. So, I just like we can't say, you know, the parks are good people or bad people. Like, the parks are in a different situation. If the parks were destitute... Would they be willing to kill? We don't know. Right. Because they've never had to be in that situation. So yeah. I'm I'm hesitant to say that the Kims are bad people, but they, they definitely do bad things. But sometimes you just don't have enough money to have ethics, you know, like yeah. to have morals. Like you can't afford morals because if you have morals, then you don't survive. What's what's interesting though is the language is different between the two because the only th- we see a very candid and like a conversation between Mr. Park and Mrs. Park when they're you know sleeping on the couch keeping an eye on their son that's sleeping out in the rain in a tent and really the only negative things that they have to say about anyone that's working for them right is the dad and it's just his smell right and they're just kind of complaining about his smell a little bit. Whereas the language that you hear from the Kims is like, oh, that bitch, right? They say that, like, she's the the sister says that a couple, of, like, oh, that bitch was crying, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, they're putting these people down. Whether it's right or wrong, I would say in the moment, it's like, they're mean. They're mean-spirited people at the very least, right? Maybe they're not necessarily bad people, but they're mean-spirited people. Yeah. At least towards the parks at a certain, at a certain point at a certain certain junction in the movie which is sort of a shame although very effective in the storytelling of the movie but a little bit of a shame because i love i love their interactions with each other you know yeah. forging forging the thing 
for the college and you know the dad's like a proud of you son it's like <laughs> it's like so funny that's like yeah. con family it's and awesome. they're justifying it right they're like oh yeah. you're not counterfeiting your document you're just printing it early i'm you printing know? it early yeah <laughs> um yeah which even when you get a degree you don't print it like it's yeah exactly for, it's printed which for you should like, suggest to me he was gonna forge it at some point he just wasn't gonna yeah. do it yet <laughs> but i just yeah i'm hesitant to make any like I said, any character judgments because yeah. they are in very harsh conditions in order to survive. Like, do you watch Abbott Elementary? Uh, no, I don't. Here, hold on a second, though. Abbott Elementary. I'll keep that in my mind. I'm hearing a knocking on the door, so I need to make sure that everything's all right. Did the, did the ice cream end? Probably. Maybe someone pooped their pants. I don't know. <laughs> it was it was me. Oh shoot! All right, I'll be right. Yeah, back. no worries. Presley's pooping in her pants. <laughs> of course, dude. Why? Kids are the worst. <laughs> you love them, though, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. You're like, not when I have to clean their poopy pants. Some, some, yeah, sometimes begrudgingly, I love them. Well, they're yours forever. Yay! Or until you die. I don't know. Maybe you won't have an eternal family. No. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows anymore, man? Mm. Abbott Elementary. What were you going to say? Yeah, so do you watch Abbott Elementary? No, I have not. I've heard it's really good, though. Yeah, it's really good. So there's this episode where the school kids are selling candy bars for like a school fundraiser or whatever. Yeah. And the principal teaches the kids essentially to sell the candy bars for more than they're worth. And then they can pocket the extra money. And <laughs> one of the teachers gets really upset by this and she confronts the principal. And it's like, that's really unethical for you to be telling the kids to sell it more for more than it's worth, blah, 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 blah. And they have this big confrontation. And at the end of the episode or near the end, the principal essentially tells this teacher like, look, you have, you came from a really financially stable household. I didn't. And so I had to learn how to like hustle to make money for shoes and food or whatever it is, you know? And so she, she kind of says like, not everyone can afford to have the same like moral principles as you because some people have to sort of do what they have to do to get by, you know? And that's kind of what this reminded me of is like, mm. you can't really judge people based on these really bad situations that they get put in because, they're making decisions. It, it's not that they want to be making those decisions, but they need to be making those decisions in order to just survive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying that the Kims are the bad guys in the film. The Kims are the bad guys? Yeah. That's the gist of what you just said, right? Not necessarily. I'm, I'm just kidding, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. They do bad things. <laughs> they do bad things. Yeah. yeah. But no, no, no. Yeah. They, no, I totally, I totally see that. I mean, that's. Especially like, I don't, so it's funny because with a couple of, with a couple of interviews that I had, um, until I landed this gig, uh, one of the things that they asked about, was like, so, cause every year I've pretty much make, made a jump to a different company. And, um, a couple of those were just unfortunate, unfortunate circumstances, or it just didn't make sense anymore. And so maybe a little justified, but maybe the previous company, it would appear that it made no sense for me to make a jump as early as I did. So that was kind of a question that I needed to answer. But in my head a little bit, like for a lot of people, like honestly, like 
the first job that I got, still more money than I was making before. The first dev job that I got, but not mm-hmm. not nearly enough, especially by today's standards, like with inflation and everything. Like it's not price gouging. Like barely, like barely making it, and like not even really making it. Like affording, like probably the cheapest apartment that you could find, and you know trying to fit as many. Or well, I only have two kids or whatever, but trying to fit it like like studio apartments are probably what I would have been able to afford at this point with a full family, you know. And so <laughs> the quickest way to make more money is to job hunt. And people, you know, maybe some job hop, sorry, job hunt, just is to job hop, right? Which I think for a lot of people and maybe in older generations, it's like, no, you need loyalty for the company and all that stuff. And I think... You know, it's a it's it's a good thing to stay in a company for sure, for as long as it makes sense. But I think to a degree, loyalty is good because especially like if there are layoffs or whatever because of mismanagement of the company, you know, maybe you're going to be the one that gets to stay because you weren't the most recent person hired on. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's like one benefit to being loyal to a company. But if you're trying to get if you're trying to get anywhere, loyalty to the company usually gets you a slight raise that barely improves your situation. Or that doesn't improve your situation because of inflation and price gouging. Yeah, exactly. So do what you got to do, man. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? I agree. (laughs) Company loyalty is a scam. Like most modern, like corporate American ideals, like, oh, this company's a family, you know, be loyal to the company. No, it's all a scam to make you work harder for less money. <laughs> so I agree. It's like, don't, there's no point in being loyal just for the sake of being loyal. You know, like so many right. boomers or whatever are like, oh, I was with the same company for 25 years and like you millennials just don't have the same like grit and determination and loyalty. And it's like, I don't because those things don't pay off. You got a pension because you were loyal. I get. Right no salary increases because there's no benefit to me being loyal besides like this fake cultural thing of being loyal is important or whatever you know sure yeah yeah and yeah i mean there's that there's times are just kind of different a little bit i don't know but like i don't know there's people that are loyal to companies and they don't even get a raise year by year and it's just like for sure there's no there's there's no point, man. Like just move and the on. company's not going to be loyal back to you. The moment they need to make layoffs, or the moment it's convenient for them to cut you out, or beneficial for them to fire you, they will immediately do it. They're not going to be loyal to you, so why would you be loyal to them? Yeah, I can't. I can't. I mean, there's there's so many posts on on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook where it's like, oh, I've been with this company for eight years and I was just let go. Yeah. Okay. You know. Because because maybe the guy that just started five months ago provided something that was of value that earned him the right to stay there over this person that's probably provided stuff of value for eight years exactly. over and over again. But it didn't matter because most recently that other person provided something of value to them. So do what you got to do, which is, yeah, you know, saying that is is why... I mean, the movie was more fun at the beginning because it's like, yeah, hustle these guys. I don't care. Because yeah. I guess going back to going i mean technically ethically wrong but like at the same time like what we were talking about before it's about what you know it's that belt of trust that mrs park was talking about right that belt of trust that really matters what the fuck is a belt of trust (laughs) the belt like 
talking about like corporate lingo that makes no sense, you know? <laughs> we have to innovate. We have to be, what is it called? Move fast and break things. Like, what yeah, bullshit sure. is this? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, uh, hey, they're just trying to inspire people. I don't, <laughs> whatever, dude. Yeah. The best way that they know how. But if it really is about networking, if it really is about the belt of trust, then your kids and you don't care about the grades that your kids are getting because at I'm sure they're just going to throw money at it and get them into the university that they want them to get into. Yeah, exactly. Right? Or they're going to talk to the dean, blah, blah, blah. And so that's why at that point, you know, with the art therapy, with the tutoring, I'm like fine with it because it's like they don't even care anyway because they're going to get the result that they want regardless whether they have this teacher or not. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, go hustle. That mentality yeah. comes through. Go work them. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's definitely something you see where when you come from a background where every opportunity you want is made available to you, of course yeah. you think like, oh yeah, you just have to work hard and your dreams will come true because you've had every opportunity to work hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's like the friend who gives them the 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 stone. He says something like, what you need is vigor to finish a finish a job mm, or something right. like he is he comes from a wealthy background and he's very much like oh you just have to work hard and you'll accomplish your dreams like yes you have to work hard to accomplish your dreams but just because you work hard doesn't mean that you're going to get some big payout or that you're going to be recognized for your work or whatever it may be like yeah. there are other factors at play to success other than hard work but people who have always had opportunities made available to them are not are often not aware that there are more things than just hard work yeah for sure you said the term vigor and maybe this is going to go off a little bit of from what we were just talking about but um, it reminded me because you hear Vigor the first time from his friend when he's offering him the the gig, right? Or asking if he wants to take over for him. Mm-hmm. And then you hear Vigor again. And I can't remember if it's said again um, after this. But you hear it a second time and maybe the final time when the son is tutoring the girl, right? Um, the park girl. And she's going back to a previous question that she was unsure of. And then he's he's talking about like tests like if you go back to a question then you've lost your momentum and once you do that you're screwed or something like that right Mm -hmm. but the momentum thing was something upon the second watch through that was really interesting to me because the kims run off of momentum the entire movie until something goes against the plan and kills their momentum and that's when everything falls apart yeah that's a good point i just i love that foreshadowing Mm -hmm. from just that simple test or pretend test packet and then applying it to the way that the movie yeah. goes on. I just thought that was cool. Yeah. No, I agree. That's a, that's a good point. I like that. I think one thing, too, you mentioned is, like, how the Kim family is, like, very aware of people. Like, they can work people really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that from the very beginning, you... The Kims know what this family wants to hear, and they tell this family exactly what the family wants to hear. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, like, the family doesn't actually care the parks don't actually care about whatever's being done. They just want to think that something magnificent is happening, right? Mm, like, Yeah, sure. We don't even really see the son teach the daughter English at all, really. And then all of the art therapy scenes are just bullshit, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. my wife is an art therapist, and she's like, this is so bad. Like, none of this is accurate. Like, <laughs> right. everything is wrong, you know? Yeah. But the mom is so moved by it. She's like, oh, my God, my son, like, in the first grade, he popped. Like, 
It reminds me of like fortune tellers who can do like cold and hot read, reads of people. Like they are just going off of your body language and your reactions and then right. like telling you what you want to hear. But the Kims do that so well because these rich people don't, they just want to hear what they want to hear. And if you tell them what they want to hear, they're willing to pay you as much money as you ask for. Yeah. Speaking of that, is is there any truth to the schizophrenic zone? Zero <laughs> okay. percent truth. There's a little bit of curiosity, but I did bother to look it up. Uh, There's like, <laughs> I literally think nothing that she says about art therapy is accurate. Yeah. Okay. And my, <laughs> my wife was like, yeah, it sucks because like all of this stuff about art therapy is wrong, but at least people are learning that art therapy is a thing. Because yeah, right. when you yeah, work yeah. with an actual licensed art therapist, you can explore some of like childhood traumas and things that you aren't really aware of. But she's just like bullshitting the entire time. Because she did a quick Google search and then she's just making up. The yeah, rest. exactly. She says that she's like, I just kind of, you know. Yeah, that's so funny. And I love that comment, too, when they're t- they're admiring the artwork. And right, yeah. he he's like, is this a chimpanzee? This yeah, is beautiful. Yeah. She's like, it's a self-portrait, you know? Like, it's just, they're just bullshitting with the family what they want to hear, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't go the way they want to, but... I love the pause, too. It's so it's so well done, because he takes a pause afterwards. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure enough. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, Dude, that's so good. Like, he really... Uh, yeah. And one thing that I think is really, really cool is we get insight into how people fake certain personas. Like throughout this whole movie, the Kims are faking their identities, essentially, right? Yeah. And they're doing that to make a living and survive. But then we get insight into the Park's son when the Park's daughter says, Oh, he's just like putting on this air. Like he'll just randomly stare up at the sky or whatever. My parents think he's this artistic genius. Like the rich people are faking it too. You know, they're just faking it for different reasons and in different ways. But everyone is faking everything to just put on a facade for everyone they're interacting with. You know, I just really like that. Like everything in this rich person world is fake. None of it is real. And it's as real as people say. It's like the economy. Like, it's not real at all. It's only real if enough people believe it's real. But even then, it's like not real. You know, it's just like. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I just love that. It's all fake. Everything's fake in this rich person world. Right. Uh, yeah. It's just like money. Money is just a replacement for traded goods. Like that's pretty much. <laughs> that's pretty. Uh, we used to trade everything. And now it's just like, yeah, but I don't have anything that you want. But I still want that thing. So yeah, we created money to do that. It's, but all, it's all fake. It's all paper. It's all paper. Yeah. None of it's real. <laughs> and, not e- and not even now, it's not even paper. It's just a number on a screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's absurd. It's yeah. absolutely absurd. Yeah, and then the country gets into like trillions of dollars of debt that isn't yeah. real, but it is real, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's, it's numbers on a <laughs> yeah. screen, and if you don't have enough numbers, you suddenly <laughs> can't afford food and can't afford a place to live, and you can't afford a doctor. <laughs> or like, if you have too many negative numbers. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does that even make sense, you know? It's yeah. just, it's all fake. It's Everything's so fake. I wanted to talk about the the paintings. It's something that I wasn't really thinking about, because they said self-portrait, but I mean, it's such a it's such a terrifying like both of the pictures that we really see from this kid are terrifying and i'm pretty sure i saw that it's actually him drawing the ghost which is just the dude in the basement you know mm. when he sees him what a creepy shot by the way when he pops which is up beautiful right it's so good smokes, dude. his eyes are <laughs> yeah so fucking creepy i would be traumatized too yeah and i'm pretty sure yeah so i think which maybe lines up with the 
with the dark spot at the bottom, that's probably him coming out of the darkness. I don't know. Not the yeah. schizophrenic zone. But but you see the eyes, right? Those are the biggest parts of those pictures. And so it's it's got to be him, right? It's got to be the dude in the basement. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I was I was 100% sure that when the kid was out in the tent, that he would see, like he would open. I thought they were going to do a shot where he opens up the tent and then he sees all of them underneath that coffee table. <laughs> mm. I totally thought that was going to happen, but it did not. He just shined his flashlight at it and then talked through the walkie-talkie. But man, I was so nervous for them the whole time. Yeah, you, it, it manages the tension really well. Like you're stressed out for this family the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of that, I, I, I didn't put any thought into it until later, but... It's so, this movie's about two hours long, a little over two hours. Um, I'm not sure what it is counting credits and stuff like that, but I love that the first hour, I don't, I just thought that this was cool. The first hour is go, go, go. A billion things happen over, a, you know, I don't know how long, but it seems to be happening over the course of a few months or whatever it is, right? Like, who knows? But it seems to just be go, go, go. A lot of stuff is going on over a, a a decent you know period of time and then the last hour of the film is over the course of a weekend mm-hmm. which i just thought was so cool and i just didn't think about it until later it's just like the pace never slowed down although the time that was passing technically through the movie did slow down drastically yeah that's a good point and i just thought that that was so cool that he did such a good job like managing the pacing because it really didn't skip a beat for me. I wasn't bored at any point. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't looking at the clock hoping that it was going to be over soon. It was just like, wow. Like this is so I'm just enthralled the whole it, time. Yeah, the pacing's phenomenal for sure. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up definitely before we close whenever that is. I don't know how much more you have to say. I, there's so much I have to say about this movie. Like <laughs> Yeah. I love the scene when the dad gives the card to Mr. Park. Oh, and yeah. Mr. Park is like, oh, you can tell this is high class because of the quality of the paper, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. That yeah. is such a rich person thing, you know? And the Kims know that. The Kims know how they can trick these rich people because they know, oh, if you just print it on nice enough paper and you make it simple enough that it becomes so sophisticated. Like, I just loved that interaction because the dad, Mr. Park is like just certain that this is like this super chic service and it's all fake you know like yeah yeah it's just great like i just love that part <laughs> <laughs> i would yeah if if there is one real criticism of the movie although it's kind of hard to call it a criticism because i feel like it's necessary for the story and for the dialogue is that some of the dialogue from the rich people from the parks is really on the nose. You know what I mean? It's like a little too cartoony in a like way, what? like too obvious. Like what you just said, like you or you could tell this is high scale or like this is a, you know, because of the quality of the paper. I don't really feel like people would actually talk like that. Oh, I Have you heard like people talk like that? I used to work for a company that did interviews with other like tech people or like other businesses or whatever and the amount of people who would be like oh yeah branding is everything like you just have to have like you know fancy business cards or like it is as someone who was like in not corporate america but like in office culture a hundred percent like well like okay sorry but but specifically 
like yes like people will definitely say like oh that's a high quality card like people will say that's a like that's a nice card or whatever people will comment mm-hmm. on that i could see that but coupling the two together you could tell it's high class because of the quality of the card i feel like that's so cartoony to me like people wouldn't really talk no like that. see i feel like maybe they wouldn't i don't know <laughs> this is I so feel high like- class I don't think people talk like that. I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's very representative, right? Of like yeah, yeah, yeah. rich people putting stock in something because of the way it looks and not actually because of the quality of the thing, you know? That's why he did it for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I mean, I think that people definitely make that interaction. Like when you get a wedding invite and you're like, oh, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. This wedding's going to be fancy. I can tell just from the invitation. You know what I yeah, mean? Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, like, sure. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Okay. You're yeah, like, yeah. okay, we need to bring like a really expensive gift or it's like, <laughs> oh, this was printed right. at like Shutterfly. Okay, we can just bring like some some utensils. You know? <laughs> just, right, right, yeah. Just, as someone yeah, who, whatever. No, just kidding. You know, but. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I don't know how well of a criticism that is because it is definitely put in there yeah i I get what you're saying it is put in there intentionally 100 percent, right it's just so on the nose that for me it was just like oh that's so cartoony but i'm fine with it you know what i mean and and you did say earlier it's something that i wanted to um point out and i can't remember exactly if you said it but we were talking about the the flood and and all that stuff and how both families were able to handle the situation depending on their circumstances right Mm -hmm. depending on their class i just thought it was i thought it was really maybe it's a little on the nose again but i just thought it was a pretty good line when they're at the party and i think Mrs. Park is talking to some other lady and just saying like, oh, like the rain brought us such good for like, isn't it so beautiful that it rained and all that? Yeah. Stuff? No, she makes that comment. She's like, it's a perfect day for a party or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, we're so blessed that it rained or something like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. And, it's like they have yeah. no even understanding of how devastating yeah. it was, you know? Yeah. Speaking of the flood, I actually really like the part where the Kims are back at their house trying to salvage everything. Mm -hmm. And the daughter just eventually like gives up and starts smoking a cigarette on the toilet. Yeah. I really, really love that symbolism because so many people that haven't experienced like poverty or like intergenerational destitution, they're like, Oh, like, why are you giving up? You just have to like work hard. You have to go to college. You have to like do all the right things. And like, you're just in this situation because you're lazy. It's like, no, you reach a point where Everything around you is falling apart so much. There's so much chaos that you know that you can't do anything. There's no control you have over the situation. So why not just give up and smoke a cigarette? You know, I just really like that because I feel like so much, especially in American culture, we're like, oh, you're in control of your own destiny. And if you work hard enough, then you'll get the things you want. But in reality, that's not how things work, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if it was going off of exact or really what you were saying, but I wanted to sort of revisit a little bit about the the kid again because while you were talking, it kind of reminded me of a of a thought that I had about the of the youngest Park boy. I think it does speak to the innocence and that kind of innocent nature of a child, where because he doesn't have that arrogance about him quite yet of being this rich person who thinks that they deserve all this stuff and they're too smart to be duped. He's the only one out of the entire family that notices a similarity between all of the Kims. He sniffs them and he, every single one of them smell the exact same. 
Mm-hmm. And if the parents had just given that a little bit of thought, they might have been able to sort of put two and two together. They all smell the same. That's interesting, right? That's because families have smells, man. It's right? true. I love the smell of your house growing up. Really though? Yeah, that's yeah, so funny. I'll sometimes like smell the smell, and I'll be like, "That's the Killian's house." <laughs> that's hilarious. I don't even know what that smell is anymore. But I guess yeah, my parents' house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. But from there, maybe the parents could have been like. They all kind of look similar, mm-hmm. although they don't really, because uh, obviously they're all actors, and I don't think any of them are related. But yeah, in a in real family, real life, you'd be able yeah. to see you'd be able to see some similarities. Or like, wait, right? they all referred each other to these positions. Yeah, right. So it's just funny that you get this innocent child who doesn't have that arrogance, and I think it's really smart the way that it's written. I don't know. I'm assuming it was intended this way. And without that arrogance and with more of that innocence and that simple mind being able to see through the BS, mm-hmm. he's able to make more connections than the parents. Yeah, I th- we've, we've sort of talked about how everything is fake in this rich person world. Mm-hmm. And I also like, too, how like the rules of s- rich society sort of work against the parks here, right? Because, yeah, they don't consider their they don't take their son's statement seriously and i think they actually sort of like chastise him for saying that in that scene if they're like oh that doesn't like that's rude or go to your room or something i don't remember but they do that right i think they just dismiss it i think they just kind of look yeah they just kind of ignore it right yeah and i love that we see sort of this sort of expectation of politeness working against the rich people. Like we see it as well when they dismiss the the chauffeur and the housekeeper. The parks are like, hey, just make up an excuse. Don't tell them really why we're dismissing them. And it's like right. if the parks had just been like, hey, chauffeur, we're dismissing you because we found panties in the back mm-hmm. of our seat and yeah. we don't want you sleeping in our car. He'd be like, what are you talking about? That didn't happen, blah, 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 blah. Or if they told the housekeeper like, hey, we heard that you have TV. That's really inappropriate for you to be around our kids. Like if the if the parks had gone against any of this sort of like politeness culture that's really inherent in high class societies, then none of these problems would have happened, right? They would have very Mm -hmm. easily realized they were being tricked. But again, the Kims know how to work the system. So they do this manipulation in ways that they're not illegal necessarily. Like it's not illegal to refer your sister as a thing or whatever, but it's like they know that I mean, they do also do illegal things like forgery and whatever, but they know how to work this, the rules of polite, you know, quote unquote, civilized culture to their advantage because, and it hurts the parks in the end. Yeah. That got me thinking a little bit. It's just, just a quick little thought. It's interesting how this belt of trust as Mrs. Park um, refers to is insanely fragile. The trust is immediately gone once there's one ounce of you know, yeah. doubt or you know foul play or something like that. Which is literally like modern banking, right? Like we saw that with the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank. Like the moment you lose trust in any part of this institution, the whole thing falls apart. Because modern rich society is just trading on trust and credit, really. Yeah. So the moment you, yeah, you lose that, everything falls apart because... That's how it's set up, and it's incredibly unstable and ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, for for the majority of the film, the parks are pretty innocent, and they're fine and all that stuff. Although, yeah, they easily dismiss people 
once there's something that mm-hmm. barely breaks trust or whatever. Even actually the caretaker or the the housekeeper, she doesn't even break trust at all. Tec- I mean, she technically does because she's keeping someone in the basement, but they don't know that, right? <laughs> but but um, well, then again, uh, it's, he's just living down there or whatever, and she's according to her buying all the food with her own money anyway. But um. They let her go because of health reasons, and that that's probably the part for me where where the parks kind of start taking a turn for like, well, I don't like you guys that much. Like, you guys are fine and all that stuff. You guys are naive and maybe a little ignorant and stuff like that, but once it reaches that part, I'm like, okay, I, I don't really care for you guys as much, and then especially they really hit it home at the end when... Like, throw me the keys. Like, there's no time for an ambulance. Like, just basically, mm-hmm. let's let these people die. It doesn't matter as long as we get out of the situation, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. That's the point where you know for sure, no matter what circumstance, life or death, like, that's the worst circumstance. No matter what circumstance, people that are lower than the parks are throwaway to them. Yeah. Yeah, which is not good. That brings me to my question that, I have two main questions that left that I want to ask you, but who is the parasite that the title refers to? So I'm cheating a little bit because I saw some I saw some uh, Q and A stuff with Bong Joon Ho and and he has did have you seen this answer that he's given? Mm. Oh really? So he says both both are the parasite. So and is that how you feel as well? Because I actually agree. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Yeah, yeah, both are parasites because. I mean, like, the actual definition, I mean, I don't really know the actual definition, but, like, with the parasite, like, it latches onto a host and basically just siphons off of it, right? And definitely the Kims are doing that, right? They've, For they're, sure. They're poor. They latch onto these rich people. They are taking advantage of them, just kind of their ignorance and all that stuff, and are able to extract money from them. And when they go away, they take run of the house and all this stuff, right? And then what Bong Joon-ho was Junho was t- uh, talking about in one of the QAs, Q&As, and I hadn't thought about this really. But the parks are also parasites because they can't do anything for themselves. They have to latch on to the Kims and housekeepers and all that stuff in order to take care of their day-to-day. So they're both mm-hmm. parasites in their own way, which is very interesting. Yes, I I agree that they're both parasites. This will be no surprise, but I think the parks are a worse parasite (laughs) yeah because the kims are parasites out of necessity and the parks are parasite parasites out of privilege so the kims need to be parasites in order to survive the system that they're in the parks are parasites because they their money allows them to be parasitic essentially sure and i think even beyond the fact that the parks need they're parasites because they need these people to like manage their day to day for them. I think the parks are parasites in the way that they treat, like you mentioned, the way that they treat people, their, their help, people that are lower than them, because we see the parks, we sort of talked about this. The parks have no loyalty to the people that work for them. You know, they right. fired the chauffeur. We don't know how long he's worked for them, but I think it's kind of a while. They fire the chauffeur immediately upon one suspecting one incident and they fire the housekeeper who has been there since before they moved into the house so leashed off of the host for as long as it made sense exactly they are treating these people as parasites in the services that they provide them and the moment it becomes inconvenient to have these people around 
boom, they're gone, you know, and the parks have all the power in that situation. If they wanted to, they could create like a payment structure or a system that was more equitable for everyone involved. So that's why I think the parks are at more, more at fault because they have power to change things, but they choose not to. Whereas the Kims are just sort of trying to survive. But yeah, I think that it's very representative of them both being parasites in different ways. Yeah, it's very interesting because although with the Kims, they're doing a lot of really shady stuff and they're doing bad stuff, they still they still see the parks as people. And you see at the, at the end when Mr. Kim and Mr. Park are behind the bush getting ready to do that little show, I guess, with the sun. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Park's just like, this is ridiculous that I'm doing this at my old age, but, you know, whatever. Like, it's for the kid. It'll be fun and all that jazz. And... um and my wife is really into this, so you know I'm gonna do this, right? Which is noble, cool, awesome. Yeah. And then you see Mr. Kim, and you're just like, wow, you really do love, you know, your wife and stuff like. Like he sees him, and he's really having, he's trying to have like a moment to connect with Mr. Park in a way, right? I think anyway, maybe maybe it was lost in translation, or maybe I just wasn't understanding it. But I, in my head, he's he's connecting with him. And in that moment of where we could have gotten a deep connection, once Mr. Park's turn is is up to to talk or to respond, he says, "I'll pay you more money." So that's that's the absolute that to me that's the definite moment where Mr. Park one hundred percent like you mm-hmm. know he sees Mr. Kim as a transaction, yes, rather than a person. Yeah, and I think too in that scene, Mr. Mr. Kim expresses like sort of reluctance to participate, right? I don't think or so. He kind of seems like he doesn't want to do it. Sure. And then isn't isn't Mr. Park kind of like, I'm paying you to do this, like you have to do it, sort of? No, he didn't show any reluctance, I don't think. He okay. was just listening to Mr. Kim, or Mr. Park, rather. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't really remember. But yeah, I think that's really accurate. Like, it's very transactional for Mr. Park. It's all about, yeah. you know, like, the moment that... Mr. Park is sort of like challenged or like vulnerable. Like it's all about the money. Like everything sort of gets shut down. Yeah. Right. One other thing I really liked about this that I want to say before I get to my last question is I love the scene when the dad says, you know what kind of plan never fails? No plan at all. Life never works out the way you want it to work out, essentially. Yeah. I just really like that because kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier about the sister giving up and just smoking on the toilet. Like that is a very understandable worldview when you have lived your entire life just sort of getting like beat up by the world, you know? So it's very much like, you know, like I was saying, people have this mindset of like, oh, you just, you're in control of your own destiny and you can do whatever you want. But like, it's very much ingrained in the Mr. Kim and the Kims in general of like, there's no point in trying because you're always going to fail because you're never given the resources to succeed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's funny. It's, it doesn't really, it's not on the same level as any of this stuff, but um, it reminded me for some reason, this is a very embarrassing moment for me. I don't know why exactly, but at the end of our senior year of, of high school, I was in a class that, we had to write a paper of where we thought that we would be in 10 years or something like that. Oh no. And so I wrote, I wrote down that I want to be like a rock star and in 10 years, you're going to see my name up at lights. That's one of the lines that I had in there. Right. Very declarative or right. 100% didn't happen. Right. (laughs) Did not happen whatsoever. Now, although 
I would still love to put out like music and all that stuff. I haven't really done that, but I want to put out an album and, and all that jazz. I don't know if I'll ever be a rock star. Probably don't want to be. But you got the hair for it. I got the hair for it now. Got that sweet, luscious long hair, those luscious locks. But I was very embarrassed by that because, and I think that partially, well, I didn't really care to go to the 10 year reunion and it was 2020 as well or something like that covid was yeah. still kind of happening so it, it 2021 2021 right right yeah 2021 that's <laughs> well, let's right let's do but some still, math here austin 10 years sorry i forgot i just remember because 2020 covid yeah but yeah, covid yeah. was is still i mean it's still a thing but it was definitely still um or very much more concerning in 2021 but uh, so i was like yeah i'm not gonna like it's fine. Like I'm not gonna travel over there, but there's also a part. It's like, well, I can't, I can't go back, and not be a rock star. I can't, <laughs> even though no one, no one remembers this. You know, no one remembers this paper that was in that class. Did you have to read this to the class? Yeah, we read it to the class. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, we all took turns or whatever. So that's like after I read it, like I immediately regretted saying anything like that. I was like, oh, but if this doesn't happen, so anyway, sorry. I'll yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. bringing that up because of like I had a plan. Right. I mean, I didn't have specifics of a plan, but I had a goal. And I definitely didn't reach that goal. Now, every single year, this is something that's definitely come up like a lot over the past few years, especially as an adult. You make plans all the time. Like in five years, hopefully we have this, this, this. And there's things that I've probably exceeded. There's things that I've hit right on. And there's things that I definitely haven't done whatsoever. And that's Mm -hmm. probably the majority of the things that I've, you know, declared that was going to happen in five years or 10 years or whatever. And, I mean, yeah, that I totally connected with that when Mr. Kim was talking about that. I was like, I totally, yeah, I totally connect because there's you can make plans and it's exciting to make plans and all that stuff, but it's it's usually pretty much always going to get broken, or at least parts of your plan are going to get yeah. broken. And a lot of people don't have accesses to the resource to accomplish those things, you know? Yeah, sure. So, like, yeah, I mean, I remember when I turned thirty, I had like my little crisis because I was like shit when i was 20 i was like oh by the time i hit 30 i'm gonna have all this stuff done 30 (laughs) comes 30's going and i'm like right oh life is not what i thought it was going to be you know (laughs) and i'm you know i'm comfortable i'm happy i'm fine and stuff yeah but yeah there's definitely like i'm not saying we don't have control over our own lives but luck and access and networking and things that are just out of our direct control play a much larger part in success and reaching our accomplishments than I think a lot of people want to admit, you know? Yeah. And I think that's why you get a lot of people who are like, white privilege isn't a thing. I had to work so hard to get blah, 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 you know? And it's like, we're not saying you didn't work hard. All we're saying is that you had access to resources and privileges and opportunities because of your background, whatever that background may be, that other people didn't have because they had a different background or they were disadvantaged in other ways, you know? So it's not that hard work isn't part of the equation. It's just that there are many other things that go into the equation. And when you have so little control over the rest of that equation, you're like, what's the point of even working hard, you know? (laughs) Right. It's just, it's understandable. Yeah. All right, what's what's your final question? Well, my final question is more just like abstract, but well, not abstract, but I want to know what you thought of the ending because I really like the ending. I want to know what you think of what you thought oh, of it. Yeah. Okay. So before, look at me come with all the good questions. Look at you. Well, before, oh. <laughs> before I, well, no, no, you know, great job. No, you're, you're fine. Yeah. Great questions. <laughs> kind of leading into this, this is what I wanted to um, bring in Squid Game. Maybe this is the true criticism that I have of the movie. 
And uh, it's very interesting and um, very well done, the ending. I thought it was cool. It's the only part that feels anime-ish to me. And that's the way that I felt about the ending of Squid Game, if you know what I'm talking about. Where it's just like you have a specific story and you're following this thing. And obviously things kind of like go way off the rails in the last hour. But the last like 15 minutes of the film seem a little like when he's reading the note and all that stuff and then you have all these different shots and the shots seem like seem like an anime ending for some reason although you don't really have a lot of i don't even really have that much experience with animes but it just feels a little more cartoony yeah um and that's the way that i felt about squid game because like the main character all of a sudden has like red hair and it's like what what is happening now (laughs) um you know he was like this poor guy before but now he's um, he's got all this money and he changes his hair red and he's dressed like this anime character and all this stuff. It was just funny to me. And so that was my one criticism of Squid Game. And it's sort of my criticism of this, although not nearly as like cartoony, but for some reason it feels a little ungrounded, but going into like the real ending. And I feel like this might be your, really what you're getting at with your question or at least, sorry, the question that I had at the end is what was real at the very end and what wasn't. Was it just the note or did he really buy the house? Is that your question at all? Or or is that not really what your question is? Well, yeah, just kind of the ending in general. Oh, just in general. Okay. Because that's that was the main thing for me was like, oh, in my head, I'm like, that doesn't make, that's probably what made it feel more anime. And that's, and if you, if you don't believe that he bought the house, then... It's ingenious to me. If you do believe that he bought the house, then it's really cartoony because it makes zero sense for this kid that came from nothing to, when you see his face, I don't think he's aged that much to be able to buy this house. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what they're getting at at the very end because it it doesn't end with him buying the house and being reunited with his father. It ends with him in the basement writing that letter, which suggests to me that, that's just his his imagination while he's writing the letter of him buying the house. And the actual shot that we see is not real whatsoever. Which, if that's the case, and I believe that that's the case, I think that the ending's ingenious. Because it's the only part of the film that feels really, really, really cartoony to me and unrealistic. And would totally make sense for it to be in his mind that that's happening. Because it is just kind of a fantasy and it kind of looks like a fantasy. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I, I really like that at the beginning of him telling this story of like buying the house, getting rich, buying the house, whatever you're kind of like, Oh, this is like really cool. Like he did it. But then as he continues telling the story, you're like, yeah, he hasn't aged enough. This doesn't really track. Mm -hmm. And then you're kind of like, oh, this is like what he wants to do, but this isn't really what happened, you know? Right. And I really like that because I think of that as a central theme to this movie of like, if you work hard enough, you can buy the big house, you can make all the money or whatever, but is that really possible? You know, do you have enough control over your situation to like really reach that that goal? Right. Um, and so I really like that ending because I think it really plays with that theme in a really fun way of like having control over your life to that degree you know and i think too depending on how you view the film the the meaning is different depending on if you think the kims are bad or if you think the parks are bad or whatever it may be and so yeah i just 
remember watching that ending and the more it goes on, the more I'm like, okay, yeah, this isn't real. This isn't going to happen at all. So I just thought it was a really fun ending. Yeah, no, I agree. I think in a way it's an ingenious, I think. I did want to, one last thing to just note that I thought was really cool is the fact that the dude of the basement was the one that was turning the lights on every time Mr. Mm-hmm. Park was. And he has yeah. like this weird massive respect for him. And that's yeah. why he's got to light his way every time it goes up the stairs. It's not something that I noticed at all during the film that the lights, you know, were like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, oh yeah, this is a rich person's home. Of course the lights are going to turn on as he's, you know, walking yeah. through or whatever. I thought that was but, funny too. But it's this dude down here and he's banging his head. Oh, I guess at that part he's banging his head. Really yeah. in reality, he was using his hands. Which I also like that too though, because it's like, this rich person is enjoying this benefit that they're not even they just think they're automatic lights like they're not even (laughs) really aware of it but there's like a person trapped in their basement like providing the service like that's so representative of capitalism right like we in america we have access to all of this like great technology and like fresh fruit sort of and like all these things whatever but we don't see the immigrant worker who's making pennies to do all that work or the children in Africa who are mining the parts for our iPhone batteries. Like we just take so much of this stuff for granted, but there's someone in a basement slamming their head until it's bleeding to provide that service for us. And we're just like so oblivious. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of companies that's like, that's doing massive layoffs and stuff where it's no. Yeah. Please keep the executives that are making, mm-hmm. you know, millions of dollars, but get rid of the people that actually make the site run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, we just laid off 10% of our workers and also announced that the CEO is getting a $2 million bonus or whatever. But yeah, I'm glad that you like the film. I think there's like so much I could talk about this, but we're already... It's late. I'm tired. It's yeah, late, tired. I mean, a lot of breaks because the kids keep coming in. So that's yeah. I don't think this episode is actually going to be nearly as long as it's saying that. We're yeah, doing. I don't think so either. But um, I will say one scene I did love though was that Morse code letter was the longest damn Morse code letter I think I've ever. Yeah, it's true. That would have taken like, forever. That would have taken forever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, what else has it got to do though? Except- that's true. But I was just kind of laughing like. That would take so long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is awesome. Cool. Well, that's Parasite. Great film. I like it a lot. I'm very interested to see the end of the season rankings list that we put together based off of our choices. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, for me, this one's probably going to be pretty high up there. Good. So I'm, I'm interested. There's actually, I'm not, I haven't been too impressed with a lot of the choices that we made. Even the, my choices, like, like even the stuff that I thought that I would enjoy talking about, I wasn't as. Even your choices. Even, <laughs> You're I like, I was going and thinking Big T was going to have shitty choices. No, no, no. Well, I mean, there's some interesting things that have, that have come out, like that I thought that I would have more fun talking about. But, you know, maybe more talking about it, I realized that there's a lot more holes in it than I thought or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's just very interesting. Like, I'm I'm very interested to see how the rankings shake out for sure at the end of the season. Yeah, for sure. Your choices suck, Big T. No, I'm just kidding. It's okay. I'm used to that. <laughs> As I was saying it, I'm like, wow, that sounds really mean. <laughs> like, it sounds like I'm totally crapping on his stuff. Sweet. Well, with the end of that discussion, of course, we got to lead into our final game of the episode of course we're talking about layers of favorites 
This is the part of the show where I do a quick this or that kind of rambling of, of questions for Big T to answer. It will just we'll, we'll get your take on exactly what you would choose. It's like a faster version of your game. Would you rather? <laughs> or what Holly would you rather rather? Trademarked. That's right. Uh, are you ready, Big T? Always. All right. First question. Close the window or leave it open? Uh, cl- close the window. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Number two, fake being an English tutor or an art therapy teacher? English tutor. Well, no, actually, no, art therapy, because I think it would be easier to BS, because... I agree. There's not grammar. I mean, there's definitely a science to art therapy. Don't let me get that wrong, because my wife's an art therapist, but I think yeah, you yeah. could trick people into not... when If you don't know your stuff. At least these people, right? Yeah. All right, number three. <laughs> I tried cleaning this up a little bit. <laughs> Sexy time in the backseat or up front? <laughs> Um, in the back seat. Yeah, more space. Okay, number four, Boy Scouts or no? <laughs> no. Yeah, I agree. Number five. Oh, I was. I thought we we would mention this in the in the show, but I didn't end up mentioning it. That tiny little garbage can. I was wondering if there was any symbolism behind it because it's so small. You know, in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It, did, that wasn't something that you noticed. Like it was tiny. I didn't think it was that small. I thought it was tiny, dude. It seems so small. My garbage can is definitely bigger than that. But apparently that's a $2,300 US dollar, $2,300 garbage can, which is absurd. So anyway, here's the question. $2,300 tiny garbage can or $40 large garbage can? $40 large garbage can. $2,300 if I can afford it. Oh, nice. Apparently the big thing for that can is that it's quiet. And that's it. So is a $40 garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just don't slam it every time you close it. All right. Number six, sleep outside in a teepee in the rain or under an insanely large coffee table? Mm, I'll be outside in a tent. Nice. All right. Number seven, plan or no plan? Plan. Nice. My anxiety nope. <laughs> says I have to have a plan. <laughs> All right. Number eight. This uh, You kind of did this in yours. Miserable birthday weekend, right, with the rain and all that stuff, or impromptu birthday party where lots of people get stabbed. <laughs> Depending on who gets stabbed, the, last, the latter. <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. Number nine, the Parks or the Kims? The Kims. All right. Number 10, and this one's simple, poor or rich? Rich. <laughs> I don't think all anyone right. would choose to be poor. <laughs> All right, all right, right. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Thanks for playing Layers of Favorites. That's it. Thanks for joining in. Great movie. Again, if you didn't catch it, uh, it's on Hulu at the moment that we're recording this, or you could buy or rent it. Big T, are you ready to figure out what the next episode is going to be about? Born ready. Is this episode 19 or 20? Which one is this? I have no idea. I just realized, because I wrote it down as episode 20 for the next one, but I don't think that that's true at all. What is it? Layers of film. Oh, it will be 20. Oh, wait, no. no. It'll be 21. This was our 20th episode. Oh. (laughs) All right. Nice jingle. It's nice someone else coming up with the jingles for a change. Isn't that like a Mario song? Oh, probably. I don't know. All right. Episode 21 will come out May 1st, and it will be about The Truman Show. Yay! Yeah. I was literally just thinking about The Truman Show like two Me weeks too. ago. And I was like, 
I kind of want to watch the Truman Show again. Yes, dude, that's awesome. That's <laughs> We're exactly on the, same the thought. Here. <laughs> that's exact. Yeah, that's the exact thought that I had of like, I really want to watch the Truman Show. So. We're picking the Truman Show. That's what I'm doing. PG-13. It's streaming on AMC+. Plus. No one has that. But I think you can get like a week for free. So you could just do that and then cancel the subscription and watch it for free if you'd like. Or you can rent or buy it. Yeah, Truman Show, May 1st. Get ready. Get excited. I'm excited. We're both excited. Yeah, I was literally just thinking about this movie. That's so funny. I, I love it. I think Serendipity. It's, I think it's ingenious. I love it. And I'll get into deeper reasons why I'm so connected to this film as well when we cover the episode. Oh. <laughs> it's it's actually, it's not great. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm an O, like we're going to get personal backstory. Yeah, sure. It's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, thanks for joining again, Big T. Thanks for your time. And we will catch you on the flippity flop. Have a good one. See you later. See you later.